that is going to suck me in. And if I can see it from the street, like as we're coming up on it, I start to take my foot off the gas a little bit. I'm eyeballing it. And if it looks like it's new construction or if it's clean, you can almost guarantee I got to stop. I don't know why. And the third one, which is kind of linked to the second one, which is I do know why, is the third thing that's annoying about me when you travel with me is this. Uh, uh, I always have to stop to use the restroom. I am the person who wrecks your time records that you're shooting for and everything else. I'm like, hey, man, I got I to gotta pee. Didn't you just go? I did just go. That doesn't mean I don't have to go again, okay? And, and almost every time I stop, I get another big, large drink. Every time. Every time. It's what I do. And, and, I, and I, I take the glass, and, and I fill it almost completely with ice, and then I fill it with either Coke or Mountain Dew, and then I start to suck on it, and by the time it's gone, guess what? I got to go to the bathroom. And this is what happened. We, I was driving back to, uh, to Eau Claire with one of my friends, and, and I'm like, dude, I got to use the bathroom. So... He's like, oh, man. So we pull off, we stop, we stop, and I get out, and I go to the bathroom. And, and as we get back in, I see this guy, and he's holding a sign that says, uh, basically said, I'm looking for a ride to Eau Claire. And that's where we were going. It's about 50 miles from where we were from home. And, and I'm like, hey, we're going to give this guy a ride. So we stop, and I get out, and I just kind of talk to him for a second, you know. And I'm like, you know what? I, I think we, I can do this, you know. I'm, come on, man, get in the car. So he gets in the car, and, and it's, oh, by the way, it's freezing outside. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was extremely, extremely cold outside. So the, so the guy gets in my car, and we start to drive, and about three minutes into the trip, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> another thing about me is I don't like bad smells. <laughs> and, and as we're driving, this guy smells like he just puked up all of his liquor on, uh, that he drank the night before onto himself. And that smell is horrid. I, I, oh, okay, and, and we're driving, and the more that he talks, the more that he's pumping out this, this horrible smell, I should have turned the radio on, <laughs> but it goes against rule number one, so I didn't do that, and, and so we're going, and, and I remember just, just thinking, like, clicking the miles down in my head, like 48 miles to go. 47 miles, you know, and, but the thing about it was, you know, I just started talking to him, and, and we, and, you know, it was me, and another one of my, my friends who, who's a believer, and we have this conversation with the guy, and we get to speak to him a little bit about Jesus, and, and you never know where that stuff goes, but, it, but, you know, I'm sharing this because when you do stuff for other people, when you go out of your way, I'm going to tell you something right now, there will be a cost to it. There's, there's almost always a cost, so, like, like, I want you to think about something. You know, you're driving down the street, and you're, 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 you're on your street. You're five houses from home, and, and you see a car that's, that's not from your neighborhood, and, it, and it's broken down, and it, not broke down, has a flat tire. And the question is, well, do I stop and go help them? I mean, do I help them change their tire? I mean, I stopped and helped someone change their tire one time, and then I realized, oh, they don't have a jack. They don't have a spare. I am now using my jack. I got their car up, but first I used my jack to get the car up, and then I realized they don't have a spare. So now I'm stuck there, and I'm giving them a ride to go find a tire, you know, and, and, and what does it cost me? My time. My, my annoyance level goes up, you know, or, 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 or it's almost like when your neighbor or your friend calls you up and he says, hey, man, um, because this has happened to me three times in the last year, um, 
hey, my heater air conditioner isn't working. Can you come over and help me? That's what I do to people. And, and, and so this week, Chris comes over. He thought he was going to be there for three to five minutes probably. About two hours later, we're still working on my furnace. And, 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 and we stop. I can give you example after example. And it's like, you know, let's say you're in the middle of wasting your 2.5 hours on Facebook each day. And, and during that time, you see a caring bridge link and you read the story and you, you, you hear this horrible story. I don't click on those anymore, man. They make me cry. So I don't click on those anymore, but when you do click on them, once you realize you're crying, it just, they didn't have like a link to a, a GoFundMe. And it's like, well, do I give? You know, because when you give, it's going to cost you something. It always does. When, when, when you give of yourself, it's going to have a cost. And we see that in the life of Jesus Christ. So my question to you is, do you stop? Do you help? Do you give? If so, why? Why? I want you to think about that for a minute because... Um, I'm going to go back to something that we talked about last week at church, and, and, and it was this. Last week we did communion, and when we did communion, I stood up here and I talked to you about what communion is. Communion is God's invitation to us. It's Jesus' invitation to us to come and be a part of the table. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all of you who are heavy laden with sin, and I will be the one who forgives you. But in this text that we're about to read, there's another invitation, and I want to see if you pick up on it, okay? Let's see if, if we see and hear the invitation that Jesus has for us, okay? So first let's pray, and then, and then we'll see it, the invitation, okay? Uh, dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for all that you do. We thank you for all that you gift us with. Lord, uh, help us to hear and to see and to know the invitation that you set before us today. May you speak to our hearts, our minds, and our souls. In your name we pray, amen. All right, let's read our text. Our text is only about four verses today. It comes from Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. So here we go. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Okay? So, are you picking up on the invitation that is there for us? So, what's the invitation? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask that like with the expectation of a response. <clears throat> what's, what's the invitation there for us to do? To participate. Yes. Participate? What else? Ask for help. Help for what? More workers. More workers. It's pretty obvious. The thing I want you to catch on to is this. The thing I want us to see is this, and it comes from verse 36. It says this. You know, if you could put, yeah, perfect, perfect. It says, look at the first three words. Seeing the people. Now, this might not seem like a huge thing, but sometimes we're so busy with life that we don't see the people around us. We have horse blinders on, right? The blinders that, that keep us from getting distracted. But there's a difference between horse blinders and, 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 and what we put on. You want to know what the difference is? We put ours on. 
But the horse, the, we put them on them so they don't get distracted. But, but for us, we're doing it to ourselves. We, we fill our lives with so much busyness, so, so many things that we miss the opportunities that we have. We busy ourselves to the point that we don't have time to stop and help the person who's in need. I'll be the first one to confess to you that I do this. This is almost my life. And nowhere in Scripture do I see Jesus ever say, I'm a little too busy for you today. I'll come back tomorrow. Seeing the people is what Jesus did best. He saw them. He, he saw them. In verse 35, it says, Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching, um, and going through all the cities and villages and teaching in their synagogues. I don't think we need to have a ministry where we bounce from city to city, but I believe that we get to have a ministry where we get to live in our own towns with our eyes open, seeing the people. It's going to where the people are. It's, it's, it's going to the bowling alley and joining a bowling league, and it's building relationships with the people who are bowling next to you. It's going to, to, the, to the corner gas station, and it's talking to people and not being in a rush. It's coaching a soccer team or a softball team. It's volunteering at a concession stand. It's going to MJ's, the old library, and talking to the person who is sitting at the bar by themselves or talking to others. It's, it's, it's seeing the people where they're at in life in that moment. Do you ever get too busy to notice that? I remember this time that, that when I was younger, I went to, I think it was called Camp Okoboji, and, uh, and there, 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 while we were there, they did this skit, and the skit kind of went like this. Um, it was like this husband and wife, and they're sitting in this living room, and as they're sitting in the living room, the phone rings, and, and the wife goes, and she answers the phone, and, and, and it, the phone, the person on the other line says, it's, it's Jesus, and I want you to know I'm coming to your house tonight, and the lady says, oh yeah, I bet you are. And he's like, no, I'm coming to your house tonight. I will be at your house tonight. And, and so Jesus talks to the woman on the phone, talks her into believing that he is coming to her house tonight. So the lady gets off the phone. She rushes over to her husband, and she says to her husband, Jesus is coming to our house tonight. And again, he laughs and says, okay, Jesus is coming to our house tonight. And, and she says, no, I'm being serious. He said he's coming tonight. He's coming to our house tonight, and, and we need to get ready. We need to be prepared for when he gets here. So they said, okay, let's start cleaning the house and, and, and let's get a good meal prepared and, and we'll welcome Jesus when he gets here. And, and so they get up and they start to, they start to work on these things and, and as, they're not, as they're working on these things, there's a knock on the door and they're like, oh my goodness, Jesus is here already. So they run to the door, they open the door and as they open the door, it was a neighbor and the neighbor was, came to borrow something and they said, we can't help you come back tomorrow. We're really busy, okay? Jesus is coming and they close the door Okay, and then a little bit, so they go back to doing the things that they're, 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 they're chores and they're cooking their meals and stuff. And, and there's another knock on the door, and this time um, it was somebody who, who I, I kind of forget how the skit went, but they also needed something. And, 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 and as they opened the door, they're like, yeah, we just don't have time to help you today. Oh, it was, I, I needed, it was a neighbor who needed to talk that day. And then it's like, well, we don't have time to talk to you. We, we understand that you're in need, but we're good friends, so, so we promise tomorrow, we'll come tomorrow, we'll come tomorrow, okay? And they close the door. 
A little bit later, they're, they're still getting their stuff together. There's a third knock on the door, and this time they're for sure it's Jesus, and they open it, and it's not Jesus. So they just said, hey, sorry, we can't help you tonight. Whoever you are, close the door. They don't even know who it was. Three times, three knocks. They close the door each time. They go on, they keep getting their stuff together. They get everything done. They sit down on their couch, and they're waiting for Jesus to come, and they're waiting for Jesus to come, and they're waiting for Jesus to come, and then the phone rings. And, the, and it's Jesus on the line, and, he, and she goes, Jesus, you're supposed to come to my house. You said you were coming. And Jesus responds, well, I did come. She said, no, you haven't. We've been here all, t- all, all night. And Jesus says, I came three times, and all three times you were too busy for me. And it's this idea, it's this, it's this teaching that, that we're so busy because Jesus talks about whatever you do for them, you do for, for, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. So what does it look like in our lives? Jesus talks about this. Jesus has eyes to see those around him, and then it's attached to, and he has compassion for them. That's the next thing we see in it. Jesus has eyes for them, and and he feels for them because they're distressed and dispirited. So we know Jesus sees them. We know Jesus has compassion for them. He's going around, he's teaching, he's healing, and, and, and I want us to look at something because of how Matthew sets this up when he writes this, okay? This is, this is it's, it's always interesting to read the scriptures. You know, when you come to church sometimes and we preach on something, I give you like, I don't like to preach on like 20 verses. I don't like to sit up here and stand there and read them all. So I, I do like two or three verses, maybe, maybe a smaller section or a little bigger section. But this one, when you read this chapter, it's a pretty interesting chapter because here's how it goes. When you start with chapter 9, verses 1 through 8, here's what Jesus does in those eight verses. He heals a paralytic man and he preaches to him on the forgiveness of sins. And then in verse 9 through 13, Matthew, or he calls another person, into the ministry, and he focuses on what matters in life, and, and he, he calls him from being a fisher to a fisher of men. And this is what Jesus says to this guy when he does. He says, I did not come to call the righteous, but to the sick. And then we go on to verses 14 through 17, and Jesus teaches on the Christian life. And then in 19 through 31, he raises a little girl from the dead, and he, and, and he, and he speaks life to the parents. In 20 through 23, he heals a sick woman. In 32 to 34, he cast out a demon. And all this is right before Jesus gathers the disciples and he looks at them. So he goes out, he, he does everything that he calls his disciples to do himself. Right before he says, open your eyes and look at the world. The harvest is ready, but the workers are few. Right before then, he had just come in from the harvest. He had just come in from the field and he gathered the people and he looks at them and he says, they're ready. When you're out there, when you're you're at school, when you're at work, do you see broken people? Do you see people who are hurting? Because if you don't, you're missing it. You are. You are. I would be too. Me. I don't mean to point my finger. I'm talking about us. So he calls them. He says, ask the Lord to send out workers into his harvest. It's his harvest. It's not mine. 
DeWitt does not belong to me. Neither does, does Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte. Neither does Parkview or any of the surrounding towns. They don't belong to us. They're his, but we are his also. And he is calling us to go out and to, to harvest the field. And you know what else I'm going to say about this? Uh, I got two points about this, okay? The first one is this. Empathy is not enough, okay? Empathy is not enough. And, and what I mean by that is this. It is, it, is, it is one thing to see somebody and to feel for them. And it is another thing to, to do something for them and to speak Jesus Christ into their life. I'm going to be very honest with you. Every single time I help somebody, I don't do it because I want to, okay? I do it because I believe that's what Jesus is calling me to do. He is calling me to build a relationship with that person and in, and, and in the hopes of being able to share the gospel or to talk to them about who Jesus is every single time. So if you're pulled over on the side of the road and you have a flat tire and I stop, it's not because I wanted to. If you know me, I don't like to get my hands dirty. I don't like to be outside very much. It's just not who I am, you know? And so, but I'll do it. But with the hopes, because I'm, I'm, I'm called, I'm invited into this. I'm invited into this descending. And here's the second part that I want to say about this. This is what I like, you know, we look at chapter nine and not, chapter nine shows Jesus Christ doing it. At the end of chapter nine, it shows Jesus calling and sending people. And then you get to chapter 10 and we, he's talking to the disciples in chapter 10 and he sends the 12 out themselves. It's, 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 it's like a two chapter uh, story about, about what Christ calls us into. And my favorite part about that is this, as he calls the 12 disciples. He calls them out by name, and it would tell the, the, the writer writes down their names and stuff. But, but as we look at it, it says, Matthew, the tax collector, and, and these people who are fishermen, and, and you can go back and you can figure out what each one of them does for a living. And you know what? It, 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 is, it is like him speaking to us. It's like him speaking to us. He uses people who are failures to reach people who are failures. Because I use the word failure for this reason because there's so many of us that will sit back and will say, you know, I'm just not equipped to speak Jesus into someone's life. I just don't have the right things to say. And, and that's not the truth. The truth is this. We sit back and we say, all we say is what Jesus has done for us. What has Jesus done for you? He has saved me from my sins. He has forgiven me of my mistakes. He has freed me from my guilt. I am a free person because of the work of Jesus. And that's what he's calling us to. He calls us, he invites us to be a part of, of, of the, the workers in the field. And I, and I ask you guys, and I, and, I, and I stay with as much love as I can, you know, like, love your neighbor. And, 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 and the invitation that he gives for us is calling us into the field, and I have one thing for you. I'm going to leave you with something, 
And it's a little bit of an application, which is me like almost leaving you with the law, and that's not good. But I'm going to ask you to do something. Okay, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Um, I'm going to ask you guys to go home today. And if I was thinking before the service, I would have done this for you, but I wasn't thinking. Um, and I, I'm going to ask you guys to go home and take a post-it. You know those little pink or yellow sheets of paper, and there's stickies on the part of it, right? I want you to, to go home and take that, and I want you to, to write down on that little sticky piece, and I want you to write down the words from our text. I want you to write down these words. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his field. Just write down that verse, write it on the sticky note, and then I want you to go into your car, wipe off the dust, because it won't stick if, if you don't. Wipe the dust off, put the sticky there, okay? Just, just put it on your dashboard someplace and drive. You don't need to go anywhere. Just the next day when you're going to work and you look at the sticky note and you drive by MJ's and you say, Lord, send workers there because your harvest is there. And when you're driving by the school, say, Lord, send workers there. And when you're driving by Napa, say, Lord, send workers there, okay? Because that's what he's calling us to. And it's so that we can be a part of the harvest to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, you call us broken people into a wonderful ministry. We thank you so much for the people you surround us with in our works and our works pla places, the marketplaces, our, our, uh, our family members, the people that you just, you bless us with and we have friendships with. Lord, would you continue to grow those circles? Would you continue to allow us to speak your grace to them? Lord, may you daily remind us of the wonderful grace that we have in you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.